Around the shrunken waterhole, scrawny gazelles jockeyed for position. Two fawns, shoved aside, bleated their distress. The boy stood among them, still as stone, empty water skins hanging from sticks balanced on his shoulders, waiting for the creatures to drink their fill. He kept his sling in one hand and pebbles in the other. Ignoring the sand fleas biting him, he scanned the reeds and rushes edging the waterhole for something to contribute to his family's supper. A fat rat, perhaps. He wished the waterhole had attracted some goats. Gazelles were the ancestors of his clan, and it was forbidden to eat the magic animals. His hungry stomach grumbled. The rainy season had ended early, and everywhere they'd roamed since had been drought-stricken. The band had fed more often from the carcasses of starved animals than from fresh meat, and recently had disbanded, each family going its own way for the dry season. Separated, some might survive until the rains began again. Although he was only ten or eleven summers old, with so many children his mother could never remember, he was already taller than any man in the band but his father. Fetching water had become his chore when he grew stronger than his older brothers and sisters. He was the strongest child in the band and proud of it, proud also of his ability to move among the skittish gazelles without alarming them. So when a gazelle's ears flicked, he tensed and dropped the sticks of water bags from his shoulders. As one, the animals bounded away in a flash of brown and white. Behind the boy, downwind, a beast snarled its frustration. The boy whirled, his sling ready. He ran his tongue around his dry lips as he looked into the sand-gold eyes of an aged lion. The lion, its mane ragged, its nose crisscrossed with scars, a spear shaft sticking from its side and its left front paw dripping blood limped toward him. Its huge paws padded silently on the sand. The boy fired off three rocks and got three hits, nose, foot, foot. The lion jerked back, shook its still massive head and snarled. The boy brandished his sling at the beast. Take that, old lion, he shouted, clambering up a palm. You won't get a meal here. He stuck his tongue out for good measure. Squinting against the glare of late afternoon sun, he scanned the horizon for the lion's wives. He saw none. Groaning, the lion eased its hindquarters down onto the sand, then its chest, and finally its front paws. It apparently preferred to wait for him than to search for fatter prey. The boy lobbed two more stones at the lion. Ribs ridged its back. It hadn't eaten for a while. That might explain why it hunted for itself instead of leaving the hunt to its wives. If he waited, someone would search for him. He could stay in the tree and wait for his father to come with his flint-tipped spear, but he'd never hear the end of the jokes. Better to slay the lion and take its tooth as a trophy. He studied the beast, taking its measure. It moaned and bent to lick its bloody paw. Something in the paw caught the light. A knife, 
of obsidian. Only one person in the family had a knife so fine. His father. Fear flamed in his belly and climbed up his throat, choking him. His ragged breath and strangled whimpers drowned out every other sound. Was that Ada's blood on the lion's claws? The injured lion rolled onto its side and roared weakly. From beyond a ridge of dunes, where the family had set up camp, came an answering roar. The hair on the back of his neck stood up. His family was in danger. He edged down the tree. The lion watched him and struggled to rise, but it seemed unable to put weight on its injured foot. It slumped again to the sand. The boy dropped and ran. Sweat streamed down his face and body in the summer heat.